I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to refer to a couple of bits of the Bible. I'm going to read from one verse, and if you want to look it up, it's in the book of John. Uh, there's some Bibles dotted about, but don't worry if, if you don't want to look it up, or if you've got a device, you can look on that. But I'm going to read from John chapter 3, just one verse, and then spend a few moments talking about that. It's a well-known verse to some of you, um, but for some it may be brand new. These are the words of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 and verse 16. Jesus says this, and he says it to us today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that's Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. What an amazing bit of the Bible. Well, um, so nice to, to be back with you. And I've, I've met, just in even the brief time I'm here this morning, I've met some lovely people. I've met, where's Carol? Give me a wave, Carol. Met Carol this morning. Her surname's Dunn. That's a great surname, isn't it? You know, so we, we've already got something in common, and uh, it was great to, to, to chat with one or two others of you. Um, when I was here in uh, December, if you're newer to the church, you may not be aware, but there's this fantastic group of people here in Alder Road, but there's also another fantastic group of people that meet a little bit later just down the road. Is it called 502? Is that what you call it? 502. Uh, so they, they meet down there. So there's another kind of congregation, part of the same church that meets there. And when I left here last time and went to that congregation, you kind of arrive halfway through if you're speaking. And some of you might know Matt, uh, Matt Hosier, who leads the church. One or two of you do. And, uh, and Matt introduced me. Now, a little bit of my backstory is, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last time, but I used to do cycle racing, but I had a very serious accident and had uh, serious brain injury and uh, so Matt was aware of this because some of you know he's uh, he's a uh, quite a sporty sort of person swimming running cycling and so his introduction for me last time was he stood up and said it's fantastic that we've got Kieran here today he's brain damaged <laughs> so <laughs> which I must admit is probably I can't argue with that you know it's probably the one of the best introductions I've had um you're here today, um, as I said, I've met one or two of you, and you've got a story. You know, I'm maybe just drip-feeding little bits of my story to you. You've got a story, and you know your story. But let me encourage you today that the living God knows your story. He knows your name. He knows everything about you, the good, but also the bad. And as I just read in the Bible, what Jesus says is this, God so loved the world, in other words, you and me, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, that means I'm, I'm saying I'm going to trust in him in the way that you're trusting in the chair you're sitting on this morning. I'm going to trust in him, in Jesus. Whoever believes and trusts in him will not perish, 
What does that mean? Well, the Bible says there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. God never intended for us to go to that place away from him called hell. It says if we believe in Jesus, we will not perish, but the promise is this, that you and I can have life forevermore, not only in this life, but in the one to come when we go from this life into eternity. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 16. God knows your name. He knows your story. I live uh, in the south of England, and uh, I was meeting a friend of mine up in London on the train early morning. I don't know if you've, you've picked up on the news, but commuting in the southeast of England, I know some of you probably do commute, but commuting in the southeast of England is no longer a fun activity. I'm, I'm not sure it's ever been a fun activity, but it's no longer a, a fun activity, particularly if you've got to commute uh, by public transport on the train. Well, I was, I was at Haywards Heath Station, uh, announcement came over the tannoy. We're sorry to announce that the whatever time train uh, was due to be comprised of 12 carriages, but there's only four carriages. So you can imagine the, the platform was pretty crowded. So we got on the train. It was fairly cozy, to say the least. And uh, we're standing there. The train pulled, into, pulled away from the station, eventually got to Gatwick Airport, one of the stops into London. Uh, a load of people got out at the airport. So I'm standing there in the crowd, and next to me there's a seat that's empty. And I thought, well, there could be somebody here, I don't know, a pregnant uh, lady or an, uh, somebody uh, that's uh, uh, infirm in some way. So I thought, well, I'm not just going to sit down there. So I, I said, look, there's a spare seat here. Um, would anybody like it? And because we're British, nobody spoke. <laughs> that's the way it rolls, isn't it? So I just thought, oh, I'm old and infirm, I'll sit on it. So I sat down next to this, this uh, lady, and the first she turned to me and said, look, I just need to warn you, if you feel something behind your legs, okay, it's my dog. <laughs> Always good to know that, isn't it? Always good to know that, you know. So, uh, so she had her dog with her. Uh, so I, I just said, wow, you know, you know, it's really crowded on the train, isn't it? I said, you know, is this a trip you do much? And we sort of got into this conversation. Turned out she had a very, very, has a very, very successful interior design business. So she was off to one of her offices, which is in Kensington, you know that part of London, it's one of the richest parts of London. So she's got an office in Kensington doing some very high-profile interior design sort of uh, jobs. So we're in this conversation, and it turned out that she had, she lives in one of the villages, Plumpton, which is near us, and she'd, she'd walked across fields with her dog to the station, got on the train, and, you know, just going up to London. And we had this fantastic conversation. So eventually the conversation turns and she said, you know, what are you doing? I said, I'm meeting a friend. She asked me what I did for a job. Well, you see, I work for the God Squad, all right? And so I, I said that to her. I said, well, you know, believe it or not, I work for the God Squad. I'm like a vicar, you know. And she goes, really? That's fascinating. So how did you get into that? So I told her about actually my story about meeting two people on an underground train. I was not a believer. In fact, I'd said to my girlfriend, I no longer believe there's a God. I met two people on an underground train. They started talking to me about Jesus. Long story short, I became a Christian maybe 20, 30 years ago. I can't remember the exact date. And I just recounted my story to her just in, a, in about a minute. She said, that's fascinating because I'm really quite interested because I, I've started going to my local parish church, Church of England church. I said, wow. So I asked her you know, who the vicar was because I know some of the church leaders around. And, and we had this conversation. 
So as the conversation goes on, I said, so, you know, how are you finding work? It's obviously, you know, working in the city is a big thing. She said, well, to be honest with you, I'm struggling a bit. And she started telling me her story. She'd been riding, uh, she has a horse, she'd been riding in the countryside. She said she doesn't remember anything about it, but obviously she had some sort of fall or accident from her horse. She was found by somebody walking their dog uh, because she'd had a, a serious head injury. And she was just starting to go back to work. So I said to her, but she didn't know that I'd had a serious head injury, I said to her, so what head injury did you have? And she said that she had um, a chronic subdural hematoma, which is what I had. Now, I, in, that happened four years ago. I haven't met anybody else who's had that. I've met people with all sorts of struggles, and maybe you're here today struggling. Even when I was down at 5.02 last time, somebody came up afterwards and said, you know, my mum has been struggling with the effects of a, a brain injury. So I'm, I'm sitting there listening, but here's what's going on. You see, because God so loves the world, because God so loves you, actually, maybe you're here today, so I can tell you some of the reasons why God loves you so much that he sends his one and only son, that even as Billy Graham said, if you were the only person on planet Earth, Jesus Christ would have died on a cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and know him. Maybe you are here today for this reason. So I'm sitting on the train, and to be honest with you, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, you know, you've got me sitting next to this lady for some reason. This, this is remarkable. So she tells her story, and she says how, how much she's struggling. I'm saying, do you know, yeah, I, I understand some of that. And there came an appropriate point where I said, do you know what? I've had exactly the same uh, brain injury, and I understand what you're going through. We're, we're pulling into Victoria Station and she knows that I'm a believer in Jesus. You know, I've been upfront about that. So I said, look, it's been such a delight having time talking with you. Would you mind if I pray with you? And she said, I would love it if you pray with me. So it's just packed commuter train. And just, I said, look, um, I'm just going to shut my eyes and close my eyes. And I just prayed the best prayer I could not... Not some sort of long prayer, I just really pray for this dear lady as she's struggling to make sense of all this. And as I finished, she just thanked me so sincerely. And then from the seat in front, this lady stands up and says, excuse me, I hope you don't mind, but I've been listening to everything you've said. <laughs> because that's what people do on the train. <laughs> they pretend they're not, but they do, don't they? She said, I've listened to everything you've said. And she said, my daughter's had a brain injury. Would you pray for her? Man. So I said, yeah, what's her name? And, you know, and I said, look, maybe the three of us could. Now, look, I don't know whether they're believers in Jesus, but what I do know is there's a God in heaven that loves those individual people so much that he gave his one and only son. Jesus Christ says this, for the Son of Man, referring to himself in Luke chapter 90, said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. It's like through us, Jesus is reaching out to people all around us and saying, Do you know what? I love you so much. 
And with this precious lady, the three of us, I just again said a, just a simple prayer, asking for God somehow to meet with her daughter. Maybe God saved my life for that lady. I don't, I don't want to be overdramatic, but maybe God saved my life so I could come here today and tell you that story so that you will know personally that Jesus died on the cross for you and he loves you with an everlasting love, irrespective of how good or bad you think you are. There's a God in heaven who knows your name and loves you. Jesus said this, he calls, he talks about the good shepherd. And he says that actually Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And he says, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. In the book of Isaiah, it says this, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she's born? And it says this, though she may forget, God says, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you on the palm of my hands. That's how much you mean to God. And God knows your name, even if no one else does. Even if you're a lonely, isolated person, God, God knows your name. Maybe your name is on many certificates and professional qualifications. Maybe you've never had a certificate in your life. But God knows your name. He loves you with an everlasting love. And God demonstrated his love. Demonstrated it. In fact, it says in Romans, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows your name. He loves you. So you've got a story. See, part of my story was this, that I was always trying to impress people. That's part of, part of my story. Why was I trying to impress people? Because I came from a dysfunctional family of domestic violence. I was insecure. I thought maybe if I get a successful job, which I was very fortunate to do working in the city, I thought I could impress people. In fact, at one point, in, one of the reasons that I, I uh, liked to cycle years ago, uh, it, before it was popular, was it, it used to impress people when I told them what I did. Stupid, I know, but that, I would try and impress people. And I remember at one point I was looking at myself and thinking, you know, I, I want to I wanna look different. I want to be more attractive to women. Hard to believe that I'd think that, but... <laughs> so, I, I don't know, some of you might, might remember these, but I went and bought myself something called a bulwarker. Does anybody know what one of those is? I'll explain what it is, okay. It's kind of like a tube, a metal tube, with a very strong spring in it, with two plastic handles on either end, okay. And if you bought this thing, you were guaranteed... Okay, to look like sort of Mr. Universe. And you would kind of push it in and it had bowstrings on it so you could kind of do all this kind of stuff. And, and I bought this bulwarker because I thought somehow it might change the way I was in order to make me feel more secure about myself and to be more attractive. 
In fact, I looked online, I thought, can you still get these things? And I found this old advert for a bulwark, and it says, this is what the advert says, now you can laugh at skinny weaklings. <laughs> As you can see, it didn't really work. I am still a skinny weakling. But, but maybe for you today, what, what is it for you that you do in order somehow to be acceptable? either to others or even to God. And you see, I realize that actually God's love is without conditions. He loves me and he loves you in spite of what we've done. The Bible says this, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I love this. In the book of Samuel, it's 2 Samuel 2, it says, Like water spilled on the ground, which can't be recovered, so we must die. But that's not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so a banished person does not remain banished from him. Don't you love that? Don't you love it that we have a God that reaches into the world that we live in in order to say, to pluck us out and say, you matter to me. So irrespective, now I, I spoke to Carol beforehand. Carol said she's a new Christian. She's been Christian, was it 39 years? So quite, 37 was it? 37 years. New believer-ish. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's your story. Maybe you, you know, you've been around the, the church thing for a while. Maybe you are brand new. You've never really even walked through the door. I, I, see, I don't know. But irrespective of whether you know everything there is to know or could probably give a better talk than this, or whether you know nothing, know this. There's a God in heaven that loves you. He devises ways in order that you may know him. So how does that work? Well, it works like the lady on the train. But it works in all sorts of ways. Maybe I can illustrate it like this. I don't know if you've heard of something called the Alpha Course. Alpha is a, an amazing, relaxed way that you can find out more about the Christian faith. I think 29, 30 million people have now done Alpha around the world. We've been running Alpha for a little while. And uh, we, we had an Alpha course, um, which I ran last year. And we ended up with a bunch of people. Let, let me tell you some of their stories. So the first guy, I've asked their permission to, to tell this. The first guy that came on it was this guy called Neil. Now, the reason that Neil came on Alpha was because he was going through marriage difficulties and him and his wife went to marriage counselling. His wife had started coming to the church. He didn't want anything to do with Christianity. He goes to marriage counselling. The homosexual uh, uh, marriage counsellor that, that, that saw them, who wasn't interested in church, either he said, look, you've got to give something, she's got to give something, she wanted him to at least be open to what she believed in Jesus. So as a part of his marriage counselling, he comes to Alpha. He doesn't just turn up on his own, but he brings a minder with him in case it all kicks off. So Neil turns up with Giles, his minder. All right? So Giles hasn't really done church for a long, long time, and, and they turn up. In Neil's own words, he said he, he was an angry man very angry man. And then we had Terry. Well, Terry turned up, 
He actually turned up at church because he was looking. You see, our church building isn't like this church building. It's like a warehouse, you know, that's been converted. It's a lovely conversion, but it's that kind. It's on an industrial estate. So he turned up at our church because he was looking for a new set of tyres <laughs> and an MOT. But his wife was a Christian as well, and so, so, so he turned up. His story is this. He said, actually, he resented God because he felt jealous because his wife was somebody that seemed to love God, if not more, than him. That was his story. He said also he was a very angry person. So we had Neil, we had Giles' minder, we had Terry turn up. Then we had John. Now, John's an amazing character. John was in the parachute regiment, saw action in all sorts of uh, different spheres and zones. But as a result, in order to uh, handle some of the stress that he'd encountered, he started drinking and became an alcoholic. Um, he ended up in prison. And I met him in our building because he was attending a drug and alcohol rehabilitation program that a local authority was running. Lovely guy. Turns up, decides to come on Alpha. And then there's Stevie, Stevie Lauren, who came. And her, uh, she was going through all sorts of challenges and uh, never, never really sort of like looked into Christianity at all, never really prayed since she was a child. And, and here's what happened. That they came on Alpha. Here's what happened. They started to discover that God knew their stories and loved them. God knew their stories and loved them. And one by one, they decided to say, do you know what, God? I want to know you, and I want you in my life. So next week, Neil, he's getting baptised at our church. He's getting baptised. He said he used to be an angry man. He's no longer an angry man. Terry said it's taken him 25 years, but he's realised now that God loves him, and he's not angry and jealous of his wife anymore because Jesus Christ has come and changed his heart, and he realised how much God loves him. John... John's just mad. Okay, ex-parachute regiment, he's just mad. He's a scouser, he's the nicest bloke you can meet. John's just crazy. He's crazy. So when he got back to home, he says, there's two things I'm not ashamed to say now. One is an, I'm an alcoholic. The second thing is I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's, he's just mad for it. He's absolutely mad for it. And then, um, let, me, let me just read this. Stevie Lauren, okay, we had our Alpha Holy Spirit Day. And she emailed me this after. She said, Kieran, I just need to share how just amazing I feel after the Holy Spirit session. I kind of sat there on my chair, overwhelmed by what I was feeling. The weird thing was, we were around her house when we did this. And afterwards, I said, well, listen, thanks for having us, Stevie, and headed off. I was unaware of this completely. She said, I sat on my chair, overwhelmed, both emotional and physical. Even as you guys all left, I kind of felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. So this is somebody that wasn't a Christian that became a Christian. I then ran a bath and felt a bubbliness in my chest and I realised I'm loved and God's daughter. How exciting. How positive and wonderful to know what is to come doesn't matter. Only that he's there and his will will be done. I feel at peace with that thought. Thank you for helping myself and others gain this perspective on God. Remarkable. God knows your story. I wonder if uh, we, can, we can pray together.
And uh, Dan, are you okay to come up in a moment? We'll, we'll sing. But I, I would love us just to reflect just for a moment. Maybe there's one bit of the Bible that has spoken to you this morning. God demonstrating his own love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe like the lady on the train or Neil or John or Terry or Stevie, Giles. Maybe you're desperate for to reach out to a God that knows your story and loves you and will accept you. You don't need to be perfect to come to him. Maybe today you've, you're sitting here and you've walked with Jesus for many, many years and today's a day when you just feel you want to just afresh acknowledge your love for him. Father, I pray whatever responses are happening in our hearts now, God, I pray that you would speak. Lord, I've, I've said enough, but Lord, I thank you that you continue to speak. And I want to pray, God, um, that you would do something that I could never do or we couldn't do. We can't do it by drumming up enthusiasm or anything, Lord, but I pray that by the Spirit of Jesus, that you would come to hearts now and you would encourage, you would cause people to turn to you. God, for those that, when I said that God knows your name, I pray for those individuals that they would even feel you reaching down with your love to them now. Before we sing, as we've got our eyes closed in prayer, I want to give you an opportunity. If you would like to know Jesus Christ as your friend, as your forgiver, as somebody that can save you, as somebody that can give you that eternal life, for God so loved the world, so love you that he gave his one and only son so that you won't perish when you step from this life to the next but you'll have everlasting life if that's you I'm just going to invite you to pray a simple prayer asking for Jesus to come meet with you asking for forgiveness asking him to come and be with you just pray this in your heart, just silently. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you you died on a cross for me. Thank you you died for my sin so I can be forgiven and set free from that. I ask you to forgive me now from everything that I've done that's wrong. I ask you to fill me with your love and forgiveness.
ask you by the power of your spirit to help me to change and live for you forever. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we worship God together? May we stand and worship and respond to him.